Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach. And if this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you and of course with great dispatch and alacrity we love to thank our distributor the salem radio network that's right the alan nathan show is entering its 25th year of national syndication all thanks to you reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again all thanks to you and by the way i don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right please get out of the thought control business our topics du jour, well, a Manhattan jury found Donald Trump liable for defaming writer E. Jean Carroll because he called her a liar after she had accused him of a rape, which this very same jury also determined was untrue. Very confusing. Also, Biden blames Congress not passing his immigration plan for the quote-unquote chaos at the border for a number of years, even though Title VIII already gives any president all actionable authority required to control all borders. So, why does he forget that inarguable reality? Also, CNN, a CNN chosen audience apparently frequently cheers Trump over anchor moderator Caitlin Collins during his uh, town hall, thus triggering anti-Trumpers like MSNBC Joe Scarborough to lose their collective cookies. I mean, is that why CNN perhaps cut the event short? Because they did. Also, an ABC Washington Post poll, we talked about this earlier in the week, shows unambiguously most preferring Trump over Biden. But for some reason, Washington Examiner reporter Jack Burley argues that while Trump is ahead of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he doesn't, quote, fare as well in polls putting him against Biden, unquote. Now, does the Examiner now camouflage bias as journalism? I would hope not. I've always been very fond of the outlet. Hell, I've had a number of my own columns published in that August outlet. Well, it was a while back, but, you know, I, I, hats off to them normally. I'm just surprised at this development. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing none other than Chris Shulinski, old friend of the show, vice president of at Numbers USA. Good to have you back, Chris. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you. Good to have you. Well, now, Title 42 is about ready to wrap up. This is what allowed uh, not only the Biden administration, but the Trump administration beforehand to go ahead and expel illegals uh, on the grounds of there being a risk to their spreading of covid 
um, or if you will, just a, as a health hazard. Uh, it was sort of a health hazard uh, measure. Uh, this is disappearing, and in response, tr uh, Biden is now uh, dispatching, I don't know, like 1,500 uh, National Guard troops to essentially free up uh, Border Patrol agents to do more of their hands-on work versus having to get caught up with as much uh, you know, administrative activity as well as uh, logistic support. Um, how do you see this unfolding in the not-too-far-distant future? Because it does appear as if this president has bitten off more than he can chew. Your take, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. And, you know, nothing nothing makes me more proud as a U.S. citizen than to see our arms our armed servicemen being brought down to the down to the border to do some data entry processing and paperwork. Yeah, right. uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they've for whatever reason, they really it just seems like they haven't taken the, the, the ending of this Title 42 seriously until just the last couple of days. Um, and now they they seem to be at least talking the talk. Let's see if they walk the walk. Um, you know, we've got at least, you know, a couple tens of thousands of people waiting on the other side of the border, ready to ready to crash the party. And, you know, Border Patrol is reporting that there's been more than 10,000 apprehensions each day so far over the last couple of days. That's on pace for think about that. That's on pace for 300,000 apprehensions uh, this month. Um, and earlier this year, or I guess last fall, we had 200,000 and people were astonished by that. Um, and, and now we have new reports that there's another 80,000 or so making their way up through through the pipeline. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Biden administration handles this. House Republicans have their answer. They're currently actually, as we speak, debating H.R. 2, which is their Secure the Border Act on the House floor. Um, that that's their answer to this. Well, you know, the funny crisis. thing is, there's already enough laws on the books. You know, again, Biden was yeah. saying that, you know, the reason why we're having all this chaos is because the GOP led House won't pass his his immigration reform as a way to fix our broken immigration system. But his his claims seem to have no linkage uh, to their required uh, grounds of merit. There, there's no connectivity or, or, or he can't tether his assertions to any uh you know, legitimate standards of accountability and dialogue and debate. I'm reading here from Fox. It says Biden was sworn in as president in January 2021. At the time, Democrats controlled Congress with a majority in the House of Representatives and a tie-breaking control of the Senate. In the years since, the Biden administration has refused to use funding already allocated to reinforce the border, sued Arizona to remove shipping containers that helped fill gaps in the U.S. Border Patrol Yuma sector, ceased former President Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, and ultimately failed to extend Title 42. The Remain in Mexico policy has since been reinstated. First he tried to get rid of it, but then they, he wound up uh, keeping it around. Um, I, 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 I'm just finding myself believing this all being credulous because, again, I have to ask, when he says that, oh, the reason we're having all these troubles is because uh, the GOP-led House won't pass my immigration reform, I'll ask you what I've asked the previous people. Since when is the enforcement of existing laws contingent upon the passage of new laws? Isn't the answer to that question never, my friend? Exactly. You know, we... We already know we've I've discussed this on your show in the past. The president already has the authority to stop this. So existing law allows the president to to deny all entries into the United States uh, if, if he feels that it's in the in the best interest of the United States. And, and I don't think anybody thinks that allowing 
300,000 illegal border crossers into the country and releasing them into our communities is, is, is in the national interest. I'm not sure anybody really thinks that or believes that. Um, but, you know, we're constantly seeing uh, Republicans and, and Democrats, for that matter, that are, that, are, that are concerned about what's happening on the border. Yeah, You're but we need to have more them. than concern, right? We need to have people hit yeah. over the head with two-by-fours. You know? well, we, we These people on yeah. Capitol Hill need to start being slapped around because the sophistry is gagging. We already have enough laws to correct this problem. Title 8, Chapter 12, Subchapter 2, Section 1182. And uh, weirder than I am, I know this off the top, but the heading of that subchapter is suspension of entry or imposition of restrictions by the president. This is the authority he has, and this is why the Supreme Court originally said that Trump was allowed to do his remain in Mexico policy, despite lower courts saying he could not, after the Democrats in bad faith fashion tried to stop him from protecting the border. Here's what the Title 8, uh, uh, Section 1182 has to say, quote, Whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or of any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may, by proclamation and for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate, unquote. Now, since Title Eight unambiguously gives any president all of the actionable authority needed to control the border and also resolve the status of those who are already here illegally, doesn't this guy open himself up to the easiest kind of criticism? And please understand, I say this is somebody who would like to increase the number of immigrants who come here legally. I'd like to, I would like to legally, I would like to increase those who are permitted to come legally. But just because I hold that view doesn't mean I think it's wise to just let the hemorrhaging continue at the southern border as this piece of crap in the White House is unambiguously doing. Where am I mistaken, sir? No, you're not. And, you know, two, two points to that. The, the, the first one is that the administration is actually bragging about the fact right now that they're creating legal pathways for many of these illegal border crossers to take advantage of. Where do they get the authority to do that? Congress has the authority to create those paths through legislation, not the president unilaterally. So that's one thing. Second thing. Yeah. Go go ahead. No, no, you were going to say. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that Democrats had an opportunity for two years to pass Biden immigration bill, at least in the House of Representatives. They never did. But it was never needed for him to stop the hemorrhaging. It was never needed for him to resolve any of the problems to which we're currently being subjected. To say, oh, we're waiting for a bill to stop our broken hemorrhaging, to stop our broken immigration system. That is masturbated sophistry. That's all that is. Because it was never a contingency upon which he could ever have an excuse not to enforce the laws already there. Going to be right back. Spring is here. Time to get out of the gym and take your workout outdoors. Whether you're walking, running, swimming, or biking, it's important to have a proper warm-up routine to prevent injuries. Five-time Ironman triathlon world champion Craig Crowey-Alexander has some advice. Sprains, strains, and injuries can happen to any athlete. Even a minor injury can affect your performance and derail your fitness routine. One of the best ways to try and prevent injuries is to make sure you prepare properly. Alexander recommends always starting with a 10 to 15 minute dynamic warm-up. Activation exercises combined with some dynamic movements like lunges are great for warming up. Focus on one specific movement at a time until you feel ready to go. 
Be sure to listen to your body and use proper support gear when needed to protect yourself and prevent injury. The Curad Performance Series Ironman lineup includes rugged supports, wraps, kinesiology tape, bandages, and analgesics to support you on your fitness journey. For more, go to curad.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon-St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. If you're Alan Nathan, the militant moderate, once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. We're covering a number of things here today. Uh, Manhattan jury found Donald Trump liable for defaming writer E. Jean Carroll because he called her a liar after she had accused him of a rape, which said jury also determined was untrue. So you got to scratch your head on that one. Uh, Trump's lawyer said they're going to be appealing it. Uh, they, they think they have more than enough grounds to... Uh, to uh, succeed in that appeal, and it does appear as if there's a tonnage of legal experts in concurrence with that. 
she didn't really even sue him based on um, sexual abuse, but rather for having raped her. And uh, the jury just didn't buy it, but they still wanted to go ahead and give her some money because Trump, I guess, uh, was considered me- too mean to her. I mean, it's, it's, it's really what it is. I mean, they give her five million bucks because he called her a liar uh, and he did so after she had accused him of a rape, which, again, that same jury also determined was, un- was untrue. So it does seem to be a counterintuitive finding. Uh, also, Biden blames Congress not passing his immigration plan for chaos at the border for a number of years, quote-unquote, even though Title Eight already gives any president all actionable authority required to control all borders. So why does he forget that inarguable reality? Um, I want to go ahead and, uh, before I get to my illustrious guest, uh, share with folks... Um, some dialogue on this issue of the border and who's really responsible for it. Now, I'm going to play uh, this from Fox News, the special report with Brett Baer, and you're going to hear the program itself playing a clip of Department of Homeland Security uh, Secretary uh, Alejandro Mayorkas on April 19th saying that the border is secure. And then you're going to hear a clip of White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre on May 2nd uh, nonsensically saying that President Biden reduced illegal, illegal immigration by 90 percent and and that the rest is Congress's fault. But then you're going to hear uh, former Democrat, current independent Senator uh, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona saying that what the White House is trying to put out there is insulting uh, to everybody who, who sees what's going on, especially those in the border states. Clip seven, James, if you please. It is my testimony that the border is secure. When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. But we know that more action needs to be taken. So it has to be legislative action. We're going to continue to call Congress uh, to do that. So obviously the border is not secure. Anyone with eyes can see that. And anyone who lives in a border state like I do actually it takes offense at comments like that because they're just factually not true. The reality is is that border communities in my state are suffering already, and that's before the end of Title 42. Just last week, I held a hearing in our border subcommittee and brought a Republican mayor and a Democratic mayor, both representing small border towns from Arizona, and we just asked them, what is it like every day in your town? There are high-speed chases going on through the city of Sierra Vista right now with young teens driving cars and sometimes being killed or causing the death of others transporting drugs and other migrants through these communities. It is not secure. It is not safe. Uh, assisting in the opining and analyzing, uh, sticking around, and we appreciate that, Chris uh, Shimelinski. He is vice president at Numbers USA. And Kirsten Cinema. Uh, I, I imagine somebody with whom you would agree on this point, but also RFK Jr. is blasting the White House for the hemorrhaging at the border. I mean, God, if, if there was ever a time when enough political will should make an administration change course, surely it's now. Isn't that fair to say, Chris Shimelinski? One, one would think, yes. But I think, you know, they're, they're so... They're so confident that Trump is going to end up getting the Republican nomination for president, and he may, that they can do whatever they want, especially when it comes to border policy, because, you know, they think that that Biden is it can easily defeat Trump in a general election. So, you know, I don't think they they really care about the political fallout on this. But, you know, I think the, the, the more outrage that Americans get, depending on how how much they actually let the situation down at the border get out of hand over the next couple of weeks and months, um, it, it may force their hand and, and force them to reverse their, their policy position right now. But, Chris, i got to tell you, if the plan is 
that, oh, because they believe that Trump will be the nominee, therefore Biden has that much easier of a time uh, ahead of him, is, is a nonsensical finding. I mean, because that seems to forget yeah. this very, very recent ABC Washington Post poll that said that most respondents believe that Trump did a better job with our economy than has Biden, and that uh, this president is neither mentally nor physically fit to do the job. Now, assuming that the politicized Biden DOJ does not put Trump in jail to keep him out of the Oval Office, <laughs> uh, isn't it fair to say that a Trump ticket, maybe it would be a Trump-DeSantis ticket, would seem more likely to win more likely to win in 2024 than lose. I mean, again, I want to point this out. When I say Americans believe that Trump did a better job with our nation's financial uh, health, I mean that they gave Trump a 54 percent approval rating over Biden's anemic 36. So my question is, what idiots comprise that 36 <laughs> percent, and are there perhaps support groups to help with their instability? But but cheek aside. Where am I mistaken? Because if the Democrats are hoping that Trump is the nominee, then according to this poll, what they're hoping for will be their undoing. Or am I seeing too much into it? No, no, I, I don't think you are. You know, I think that, uh, again, I think they've, they've, they've not just lost faith on the Biden administration on, on, on the economy, but, but certainly on immigration. We've seen that in the polls as well and their handling of the border crisis. And, and you know, while they call Trump's border policies and, and they're blaming this entire crisis on his policies, I'm not sure how you can do that two and a half years after the guy left office. But that's what they're doing. Um, still, more people supported those policies than those that now support the Biden policies. So clearly they think, at least on immigration, we're heading in the wrong direction. And and I, I do. I think it's going to backfire on them. But for whatever reason, Democrats, at least the Biden administration, doesn't seem to fear it. Well, again, as somebody who would like to see us increase those who are allowed to cross legally, I'd like to see us expand our legal immigration quotas. Um, I also insist that, like most Americans, it is inexcusable that we have the hemorrhaging we currently have. And it's inexcusable that we say, oh, uh, the justification for it is because the GOP-led House hasn't been willing to pass yet more immigration laws that the administration could freely ignore as they are others. Again, since when is the enforcement of existing laws ever contingent upon the passing of new ones? It never is. And let's face it, the illegal immigration system system is having an impact on our economy. And um, overall, not just for the economy, the respondents to this ABC Washington Post poll make it unambiguously clear that they would pick Trump over Biden. As a matter of fact, ABC's This Week host, George Stephanopoulos, commented that, quote, this poll is just brutal for President Biden, unquote. And he was especially incredulous that it additionally showed Trump beating Biden by a, get this, 49 to 42 percent gap. And this is well beyond the margin of error. Now, it's clear, you know, it, it's clearly still early in the contest. I get that. However... The numbers have not only consistently been trending down for Biden, they've been doing so in a provably rapid fashion, have they not, sir? Yeah, yeah. And certainly this is – I think you make a good point. It's early. It's May of 2023. The election's not until next fall. So we've still got a long ways to go. And I could clearly see the Biden administration doing something like really tightening up their grip on the border – Uh, About a year from now, as we start to get closer to that election in November of 2024, and and then they can say, look, we solved the border crisis. Um, But 
It also begs the question, well, maybe you're in cahoots with the drug cartels that are controlling all the flow across the border uh, that you can just turn off the, the faucet just like that. So we'll have to see how they handle it over the next That's a good point. How, so. how did Biden convince the drug cartels would be the question to so easily uh, reduce or dial back their illegal crossovers and other illegal activities just when their preferred guy in our Oval Office needed them to do it uh, most quickly. Good point. You're listening to the Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools... Suddenly, everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. 
I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Ethan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach. As uh, we've mentioned before, a Manhattan jury found Donald Trump liable for defaming writer E. Jean Carroll because uh, he called her a liar after she had accused him of a rape, which that very same jury also determined was untrue. Seems a little counterintuitive. Um, obviously, uh, Trump's lawyers are going to appeal, and they feel they got to Pretty damn good chance of uh, pulling it off. Um, tell you what, why don't we listen to his attorney, Joe uh, Takapina, who, by the way, won this uh, case when it was uh, in front of a criminal jury. Um, but anyway, let's hear it now. Clip one, James, if you please. Strange verdict. Um, this was a rape claim. It was a rape case all along, and the jury rejected that, but made all the findings. So um, we'll obviously be appealing those other findings, but they rejected her rape claim, and she'd always claimed this was a rape case. Um, so it's a little perplexing, but, um, you know, we move forward. Did you speak to Mr. Trump, and what did he tell you? We've spoken, um, and we're ready to, you know, proceed, go forward. Obviously, you know, he's firm in his belief, as many people are, that he cannot get a fair trial in New York City, um, based on the jury pool. And um, I think one could argue that that's probably a, an accurate assessment um, based on what happened today. It would seem to be grounds for a change of venue, but anyway, I guess it's a moot point because it, it will go on to appeal, uh, to be appealed. Clip two, it's a little shorter. Uh, Joe uh, Takapina, Trump's attorney, continues. J clip two, James, if you please. Clip two. This was not an easy case. You know, what more could he say other than I didn't do it? And he said that on the road here. He, you know, it's hard to prove a negative. Molly, I could say you stole my pen. Prove you didn't do it. How would you prove it? Ah, yes, the old one uh, proving a negative. Um, it is true. I mean, there is an inverted burden of proof construct in the left community today wherein an assertion is supposed to carry the same weight as um, actual grounds. We have to remember that um, the measure of an accusation's credibility is not based on 
the severity of its description, okay, but rather the provability of its content. Same thing with charges brought forward. All right, the credibility of charges um, is based not on the severity of its description, but again, the provability of its content. Uh, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing, uh, none other than uh, John Zmirak, old friend of the show, senior editor at The Stream. Uh, by the way, he was press secretary for Louisiana Governor Mike Foster. He was also a reporter and editor at Success Magazine, as well as Investors Business Daily. Uh, he co-authored 13 books, including the highly praised work entitled Politically Incorrect Guide to Immigration. John, good to have you back. And what was your reaction to the uh, uh, verdict by the jury in New York? My reaction is that you could get a New York City jury to blame Donald Trump for the extinction of the dinosaurs, and, and, and they would do it. And I'm not kidding. They would do it. Just like you could get a D.C. jury to convict a Republican who was present in D.C. on January 6th of treason, even if they were in a coma in a hospital. Well, let's you know, there are some outlets that are pointing out that to a degree, Trump was his own worst enemy in this regard. He never bothered coming in to testify. He could have perhaps offered a stronger uh, counter had he done so. Uh, Number one. Number two, his own history kind of works against him. Let's not forget there was that tape where he referenced how celebrities can get away with just grabbing the crotches of pretty women. And yeah, uh, I mean, you know, so he had a piggish uh, background that has come back to haunt him. But again, um you know, you, you we don't hang people based on bad behavior of the past. We do so uh, based on the evidence concerning the case before a given jury, before a given judge, uh, before a given court. And in this regard, I mean, when it was brought forward as a criminal po- possibility, uh, you know, Trump was able to uh, successfully beat that. Now, clearly, a civil suit has a lower threshold of proof required. But still, it's as if um, they set Trump up for a perfect uh, well, they set him up with perfect grounds for appeal because, again, uh, the jury rejected uh, Ms. Carroll's claim that she was raped, but then still found that she should be given $5 million when Trump uh, called it out as a lie, despite the fact that that same jury also believed it was that the charge was untrue. And then they manufactured this, well, we're going to say he, she was sexually abused. It, her own position was that she was raped, not merely sexually abused. So if you're going to find that you don't believe her on the rape charge, how can you, by extension, create grounds for sexual abuse? I'm at a loss. Help me out. How can we be sure that she's lying about the rape? Here's how. She told Anderson Cooper that most people think of rape as sexy, that it's something they fantasize about. What real rape victim would say that? What real victim of forcible sexual assault would 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 eerily and lightheartedly talk about rape as a subject of fantasy that people think are sexy. Did escape? Did survivors of the Holocaust make jokes about the Nazis? Did did, did survivors of the of the Gulag Archipelago make jokes about you know going off to Siberia? It's obvious she was lying. Everyone on the jury knew she was lying. They just don't care. The way people didn't care if Brett Kavanaugh had actually raped Christine Blasey Ford. Nobody cared on either side of it. They, the, the ones who were, who, who were against him, they didn't care if he was guilty. They just wanted him off the court. Those of us who wanted him to vote our way, we really didn't care that much whether it had happened. We, we, we knew the facts well, That's horrible. There. No, 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 no. I would disagree. With you. I well, would I'm say saying- that those who care, care no matter what, especially those who are – 
um, you know, related to somebody who was subjected to that kind of behavior or be, uh, if I can finish, it was subjected to that kind of behavior, him or herself. That said, however, when looking at at that case, if I can point this out, when looking at this case with uh, um, uh, Kavanaugh, we saw that the three women who were accusing him fell apart out of the sky like a plane on fire when it came to the credibility. Uh, the second two were just easily dismissed, but Dr. Blaze Ford was the one to thought to be most credible. But then her best friend, Leland Kaiser, who was supposed to be a witness right. to the event, at the time said, well, I can't remember, but here's where it gets better. Two months later, after Kavanaugh is put on the Supreme Court, she tells two New York Times reporters that she didn't believe her friends, thought she was lying, and also right. pointed out that her attorneys tried to persuade her to change her position, which means... Blasey Ford's attorneys were guilty of witness tampering. So therein lies a justification for not believing Kavanaugh's accusers. People who believe that this issue should be taken very seriously, as does this host, would find that that kind of evidence, regardless of whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or centrist, or independent, or libertarian, would be disgusted by such false accusations because it makes it that much harder for those who really were abused, who really were raped, to make their case. Where am I mistaken? Well, my point was simply that a level of cynicism is built up where we know the Democrats will make false accusations. They will throw everything at the wall to see where to see if it sticks to the point where it just becomes a cynical battle for power. And that's that's what the Democrats have managed to do by cheapening the very serious accusation of rape into something that they just pull out of their out of their butts if they decide they have nothing else left. It, it, we should obviously take the, the real incidences of sexual assault very seriously, but the Democrats don't seem to. They're perfectly happy to put male rapists into female prisons if they say they identify as a woman, and then they go on and they rape female prisoners, and they don't care about that. They care more about the trans identity of the convicted rapist. So it is hard for us to take them seriously when it is, it they I, weaponize. I, I, well, from that point, I get. I just don't know that the non-left community is as uh, cynically inclined as is the left. I don't believe that those who wanted Kavanaugh um, – if they really were f- confronted with actual hard evidence, would have continued supporting no. him, uh, even though they may prefer to have a conservative on the court. That's the, uh, no, that's the that, area right. in which no, I'm disagreeing. Right. Um, no, no, I misspoke. I misspoke. Okay. I, what I was well, saying the other was thing, thing too, is, and this will help make your point as well, what about Tara Reid? Now, Tara Reid well, made right, sexual right. allegations against Joe Biden, but the left is not at all interested in pursuing those accusations at all. And there's much more evidence of the Tara Reid accusation than there was of this case. And so it's just the the level of cynicism that the left is demonstrating. The look how look how blasé they are about the corruption charges against the Biden family. They were willing to say it's Russian propaganda. They were willing to provoke a foreign government that has nuclear weapons and it falsely accuse them of colluding and interfering with the U.S. government when they knew it wasn't true. They knew the Bidens were guilty. They just didn't care. The level of absolute cynicism we're dealing with in the Democrats, it's like they're a mafia crime family. So they cry wolf and they cry wolf and they cry wolf over and over again. And it's it's really degrading to our just system of justice and insulting to real victims of sexual assault. No, and you're right how it does also appear that we have a two-tier system of justice. I mean, uh, just look at what's going on with um, the FBI whistleblower. He's told the House and Senate leaders that 
both the DOJ and FBI have an FD Form uh, 1023 document specifically describing then-Vice President Joe Biden of accepting foreign money in exchange for policy decisions. Um, The House committee demanded uh, through subpoena to have uh, this document um, uh, provided. The FBI refuses to do so. It's something they're not entitled to do. I mean, the House, if it wants to, it can pursue this in court because this is a separation of powers issue um, over which the FBI uh, has no jurisdiction. It has to buckle especially considering the fact that it's an unclassified document. More on this upon a return. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you wanna support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12, is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job 
not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters. Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Over here is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's just uh, one of those days where you get so much about which to talk. Uh, as I've said before, you can put a blindfold on folks, ask them to throw a dart, and they're going to hit something of relevance. Um, we were talking just before about how the FBI is of the opinion that it can turn down uh, Congress as it relates to a requested document uh, vis-a-vis, um, you know, the, the, this form FD-1023, which shows um, apparently, according to a whistleblower, that uh, the Biden administration had apparently been uh, trading its influence for dollars. You got this FBI whistleblower telling House and Senate leaders that both the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation apparently have this FD-1023 document specifically describing then Vice President Joe Biden accepting foreign money in exchange uh, for policy decisions. That's what we're being told. And it's a head-scratcher, it really is, because some mistakenly think that the FBI's refusal to hand over the unclassified document is the final word, but uh, it most assuredly is not the final word, not by a long shot. We have assisting in the opining and analyzing John Zemirik, senior editor at The Stream. He was press secretary for Louisiana Governor Mike Foster, as I mentioned also. He had been a reporter and editor at Success Magazine, as well as Investor's Business Daily. Uh, co-authored 13 books, including the highly praised work entitled Politically Incorrect Guide to Immigration. John, appreciate you sticking around. Thanks so much. Thank you, Alan. Now, imagine if this were Donald Trump. Imagine if the Russia collusion charges, which Hillary Clinton made up, uh, if Donald Trump's FBI head had simply deep-sixed them, had simply hidden them, and, and a Democrat Congress were demanding documents, and Trump's FBI and Trump's Department of Justice 
were simply stonewalling them. Nobody thinks they would have gotten away with that. In fact, the problem was that uh, the Republicans played too much by the rules to the letter of the law. Uh, The attorney general, Jeff Sessions, stupidly and foolishly recused himself from the Russia collusion investigation, turning it over to a Democrat chosen, essentially special prosecutor, who was able to weaponize that completely made up conspiracy theory for four years and two phony impeachment charges. The Republicans are playing foosball and the Democrats are playing rollerball. And, and as long as we have losers and idiots like Bill Barr going in and, and, and being namby-pamby with the Democrats and pretending that the Democrats are playing by the same rule book that we are, they are going to weaponize and corrupt and undermine and destroy which is why they the American to, system of government. Which is why they have to push forward with lawsuits when it comes to uh, separation of powers issues. For instance, I agree. Um, for instance, uh, the FBI decided they would not go along with uh, Congressman Comer, uh, demand and subpoena for that document uh, that the whistleblower referred to, uh, talking about how Biden essentially um, made it, you know, exchanged policy for cash, because that's that's precisely what the um, the whistleblower is saying, in no unmistaken terms. I mean, th- this is exactly what he is um, putting forward. The thing is. Thing is, Alan, the Democrats have decided they don't care. They just don't care. They don't care how corrupt the violence are. They don't care how fascist the FBI is. They decided in 2016, when the American people voted for Donald Trump, that the American people had stabbed them, stabbed the elites in the back. And that any means necessary to stop Trump and stop the people's will was legitimate. You knew that when they but called that, yeah, We know that, but the we resistance. also know that that's not the final measure. And I'm not a fatalist, and right. I'm not going to – I'm not, not being a fatalist. I will not, not accept the, the obligation of having to wave the white flag just because that's their thinking. Now, the department uh, responded to Comer by saying and, – and again, I, I want to emphasize exactly what's going on here, okay, because it's incredibly important that we, we, we appreciate this. This is an FBI whistleblower telling the House and Senate leaders that both the Department of Justice and FBI have this form, an FD-1023 document, that specifically describes how Joe Biden, while he was vice president, accepted foreign money in exchange for policy decisions. All right, that's what's going on right now. Right, and, right. Uh, and again, the, policy, the FBI responded to the House, the GOP-led House, by saying, Department of Justice policy strictly limits when and how confidential human source information can be provided outside of the FBI. Well, that does not transcend the Article I authority that Congress enjoys when it comes to oversight privileges. See, by the FBI's measure, demanding from them accountability is apparently more inappropriate than their shirking of it. And as the Brits would say, what a weak bunch of wankers. Because that's exactly what we're looking at. Now, some mistakenly think, again, that the FBI's refusal to hand over this document is the final word. But you and I both know, my friend, that's not the case. Because it won't be as long as Congress secures a court ruling citing the Article I entitlement Congress has to demand such documents as per its separation of powers authority. I mean, each branch, again, has certain absolute powers beyond the reach of the other two. And... 
that's the only reason why checks and balances work, right? As well as reciprocal right checks now, and balances, um, because they keep any one branch from becoming rogue and tyrannical. Where am I mistaken? Well, Alan, yes, I agree with you. They should go to court, but they should also use the power of the purse. We control the House. That, that and the Supreme Court are the last checks on an absolute dictatorship by the Biden regime. The, the House should simply refuse to vote funding for the FBI. Any funding at all, let them close the doors until and unless they, pro- they provide this information. And they need to shut down the government if necessary. Our founders set things up that way. But ever since Newt Gingrich shut down the government once, the Republicans have been absolute cowards about this. Oh, no, they might close a national park. And they never use the power of the purse, which is what our founders said was the one guarantee against tyranny, going back really to Magna Carta. It is the only ultimate guarantee against the tyranny of the president is the fact that the the Congress votes funds. And if the Congress will just keep voting funds like a Soviet parliament, they will be powerless. Well, the Magna Carta was written in 1215 during the era of King John because it was such a piece of crap. Um, and, and we saw that there were still uh, tyrannical kings that followed uh, the Magna Carta, though its spirit was, will always be appreciated. Um, in your estimation, because of the severity of this issue, do you – I mean, this is really one hell of a disclosure. This is massive. I would love it if – if that whistleblower had made a copy of the damn thing. Um, yeah. Do you see Congress going to court? I don't think it has a choice because its constituency would, would start going after them wielding baseball bats if they don't. Where am I mistaken? Well, I hope I hope you're right. I absolutely hope you're right. I, I think I am in this instance. This is pretty bad. When you apparently have empirically verifiable evidence showing the sitting president while vice president sold out its country, his country. The idea of exchanging policy for dollars, no, that cannot be brooked. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.